It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. Optimus Solo, and welcome to the Mayhem. This is Mass Mayhem, Episode 3, and with me as always is my Rhino co-pilot, TFG1 Mike. Welcome aboard, man. Hello. And in this episode of Mass Mayhem, we will be giving you our thoughts on three episodes this time. Episode 4, Highway to Terror, Episode 5, Video Venom, and Episode 6, Dinosaur Boy. So buckle up and enjoy the ride. It's all set. Did you see those army guys? The trap doors and smoke bombs worked like a charm. Yeah, wonder what the captain said when he found out his shipment was missing. Well, if he knew what we were going to do with the plutonium, I don't think he'd be too happy. Starting us off today is episode four, Highway to Terror. Not to be confused with the 80s show Highway to Heaven. It's the opposite of that. Um, we'll just give you a little plot synopsis first for episode four. We start off seeing a army convoy going down the street, and it hit, has a roadblock in the middle of the road, which is Miles Mayhem sitting in a rocking chair. Um, then, with a bunch of help of trap doors and smoke bombs, Venom steals one of the trucks from the army convoy that is carrying a load of plutonium. You just ruined the illusion. Shut it's up. magic! <laughs> Mask uh, gets informed of the theft by a guy named Dwayne, 
who is just excellently voiced. Um, and then, of course, Mask assembles and goes after said plutonium. But before that, halfway to their trip to get back the plutonium, they do need to drop Scott off first to go fishing. So there is that little thing happening. Um, and then once they get to the scene and they've dropped Scott off, Mass tries to find out how the truck disappeared. While they're doing that, there is a series of tremor-like earthquake things. Um, buildings are falling down, etc. And they are basically confused as to what is going on. Then we have the showdown between, this happens every episode, the Mask and Venom showdown, which is basically a fight and Mask is trying to get the box back that is causing the tremors and earthquakes, etc. Yes. Meanwhile, flip over to our friends Scott and T-Bob who are fishing. Well, they're done fishing. Dude's cooking them their dinner, their fish, and so now they're going to go swimming. But they jump into the lake and the lake is about half uh, full of water. The water has been draining out of the lake. So Scott makes a friendly phone call to his dad and says, hey, the lake's not right. He says, hmm, that's weird. And then they figure out that it's obviously due to some type of connection with what Venom's doing. So they set up a trap for Venom. And basically what they do is they have another army convoy set up so that Venom will play the same tricks and steal it again. But this time inside the army truck, instead of what Venom wants, will be the mask team. So that is a very large truck that is holding a medium-sized large truck. (laughs) Um, And basically with this trap, there's another little showdown between mask and Venom and mask saves the day. At least it wasn't a chase this time. Yeah, really no chase happening so much. More trickery and ambushes and traps and whatnot. Um, As far as our members go, we're still with four Venom members. Miles, Vanessa is back now, uh, and then Sly and Cliff. And we have the entire squad of mask members. We have all eight of them. Now, I don't know how close you've been paying attention to the, the mask process the scenes where the masks come down yeah is there always eight chairs um because i i saw on this one there's eight chairs and they're all filled up so i'm assuming there's always eight chairs so this is like the max this is the biggest team we can have i would assume so i would have to go back and look i had not been focusing on that because to me at that at this point even even though we're only four episodes into the series the the mask scene where they're assemble you know a- after the team's been assembled after the awesome computer announces who the team members are going to be and they're sitting at the round table and you know king king matt is you know has has his excalibur voice and whatever mm-hmm. else um that to me at this point even though we're only four episodes in is just stock animation uh, it, just like you know the he-man transformation just like Optimus Prime transforming in season one of G1. It, I it has been, but as we go through today, it'll change a little bit. Yeah, um, it, it does change. I did notice the changes, but but I think I think eight is the max number we can have. We'll have to keep a lookout to see if there's ever a different amount of chairs. But there was eight chairs; they were all filled, and we also, um, therefore, since the whole team was assembled, got to see all five vehicles. Yeah, on the mask team. So, what are your thoughts about? Uh, the eight on four or any of the, the plot synopsis points. Well, I mean, like you said, it wasn't a chase. 
And what wasn't Chase? <laughs> you got magic in there and traps and trap doors. Yeah, and yeah. Bombs. It's like you know, where's where's Houdini or David Copperfield or Chris Angel when you really need them? Um, <laughs> Has there ever been an '80s or '70s or maybe even '90s action show that at one episode along the course of the series doesn't have something to do with plutonium or some type of radioactive material? No. <laughs> I mean, plutonium, especially in the 80s, was your average red herring ultimate doom weapon. You know, no disrespect to this movie. I absolutely love this movie. Back to the Future. You have an entire, what what is it, what is that movie, an hour and a half? Probably. You know, you you have an entire full-length movie based around something that runs, you know, the time circuits run on plutonium. I mean, you know... This, to Uh-oh. me, is the most balanced plot we've had so far. <laughs> yes, I will agree to that. Um... <laughs> and the, the, my point about being balanced will come up later. But right. uh, up to this point, we've had, really had, uh, you know, we started off with no plot in the first episode. And, and we started to get a little bit more plot in episode two and three. And this one is a little bit more than that. So this is the farthest we've come plot-wise. Yes. Um, especially with the fact that Matt actually knows where his son is this time. Yeah. You know, and and they don't sneak off. Yeah, that's true too. I uh, I do like the fact that Mask has eight members, and five vehicles, and Venom has four members, and what are they using? Three or four vehicles? They're using at least three. They no, they they use at least four because Vanessa has her own. Um, uh, Cliff Dagger has his own, and then Slyrax has the motorcycle with the sidecar, and then and then Miles has has the switchblade. So it's like if you're a Venom member, you get your own vehicle. Essentially, yes. If you're a Mask member, you're most likely partnered up with somebody. Just except for Matt. Well, in in the instance where you know Matt commits Grand Theft Rhino, but we'll get to that later. <laughs> there's there's one other person that's not uh, that's not. Co- doesn't have a co-pilot, which would be the uh, the. Does the bike have a co-pilot? Um, or the copter. Buddies. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Buddies doesn't. So right. buddy. Uh, so um, buddy and Matt. Yeah, yeah. Buddy and Matt's vehicles don't have co-pilots. The other three are paired up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, like I said, the best plot we've seen so far. I can't say much more than that. All of a sudden, Clear Lake is half empty. There's got to be a connection between that and its closeness to Central City. Allow me, Matt. If you pump enough water into an earthquake fault, you can create enough pressure to make the fault give way. If I were to make an educated guess, Venom stole the plutonium for the earthquake device nuclear water pump. Which means they can cause earthquakes, right? Yeah, that's why they're trying to get that computer box. If Venom got a hold of it, they'd be able to direct earthquakes to large cities to bring attention to themselves as a world power. If they want it so desperately, why don't we let them have it? All right, it's time to turn the high beams on and talk about our favorite parts of episode four. Mike, start us off. Uh, <laughs> it's high beams, remember. I know, I know. It's when we're I, positive and cheery. I, I know. I, I have to find a certain um, puppet YouTube clip. It disappeared. It just fucking disappeared. 
the, at the beginning, I had no clue what was going on. I was like, I, you know, the, the whole thing with the magical and the, you know, the, the smoke and mirrors that, yeah, I had no idea what the hell was going on either. But as soon as they're like, where'd they go? The first thing that popped into my head was, was Peanut. <laughs> Jeff Dunham. It disappeared. It just fucking disappeared. It was similar to what we, I mean, it was kind of like with the, the uh, monk from the last episode where he all of a sudden like it seemed like he was everywhere and you're trying to figure out how the heck is this happening except for this time it's actually venom and they're doing it even to a grand more grand scale where it's like how is he transporting himself and disappearing and reappearing and all this other stuff but yeah it was definitely interesting that actually ties into my second note interesting way to pull off a heist i mean because because we don't find out until the end how they're actually doing it. I mean, you kind of mentioned it in the plot where, you know, roads, you know, lower and lower and and higher and whatever else. But, but just that first scene of, of them pulling this scheme off, it's a very interesting way to pull off a heist. And as a kid, I can imagine people being like, how did the, you know, trying to figure out the whole episode, why they, how'd that happen until it's finally revealed. Yeah. Going into my uh, noticing of what, the team members are doing when they are called. Um, I started least, looking at that a little bit more. At least Hondo dropped the ball after being in the end zone. <laughs> <laughs> at least yeah. he didn't run off with the football. That's true, and he left it so uh, everybody else could play. Now, I, I don't know. People can correct me. You can correct me. I don't know if it's which one is which because I wasn't sure. But my note says, since when do alligators and or crocodiles eat carrots? Because Alex was feeding a, an, an alligator, or a, I, I, I don't, I know that I know the difference between the two species is one has a longer snout, one has a shorter snout. But I wasn't sure if it was an alligator or a crocodile sure. he was feeding. But that doesn't seem like the, is one of them more carnivorous than the other. I don't know. Uh, but I've never seen someone feed <laughs> either species. Carrots. I mean, carrots are for, you know, wisecracking rabbits from the 1920s. That's true. <laughs> Definitely true. Um, and, 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 and again, as I mentioned in the, um, in the plot that we did, uh, you know, at least Matt knows where his son is, and at least Scott and T-Bob stay fucking put. That's true. Uh, I was very happy of that this, this episode. I think that's the first time we've seen him not involved in the actual yeah. like, action. Yeah, yeah. Um, cause, cause as soon as Scott, Scott said, yeah, we get to go on a mission. And I'm like, oh no, you gotta be kidding me. Hmm. And then, and then, and then Matt says, well, at least halfway there, we're dropping you off at the babysitters or whoever's place it was. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, er, er, earlier, not Oreo, earlier with, uh, with Matt and Grand Theft Rhino. I mean, Matt essentially takes Rhino over this episode. Yeah. It's like, it's like Alex shows up, but like, what does he do? It's that's like true. It's like I'm gonna borrow Rhino, okay? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but that's all I have for highlights or high beams. Apparently, people are going to think I'm not a very good mask uh, reviewer or fan because I can never keep track the not only the powers that each one has, but the vehicles' names. Okay. Uh, there is a what? What are the two bike the bicycles? Condor. Um, Condor's the mask one. Yep. And I can't remember the name of the Venom one. I can never remember the name of the Venom but one. But anyways, there is a bike showdown. Yeah. And I thought that was cool that they paired off and went mano y mano for a little while. 
Yeah, um, that was very cool. I like that. Uh, I liked the the trap that Mask set, and the fact that you get to see Rhino coming out of that huge truck, um, and then yeah. all the other cars follow it. Yeah. That was a, a nice little clever way, because I didn't know exactly how they were doing it at first. I, I knew that it was a trap. Yeah. But I thought they were going to take him down, and like Mask would be down there waiting for him. I didn't realize they were going to be inside the actual army truck. Um, so I thought that was a little little cool thing. Um, I also liked, not only was there a little bit more plot in this episode, there was a lot more talking amongst the um, Mask members. Yeah, there was. And, and I thought the talking gave us a tiny bit of character development because we got to hear Alex and we got to hear Dusty and, and all of them talk a little bit more than we have before. Right. Um, you know, there's even one point where they're all sitting around the table and you kind of hear one talking right after the other. And I just liked the amount of talking we got. And there wasn't as much dead space in this episode where you're just kind of waiting for stuff to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So those were those were my high beams. Dad! Dad, are you going on a mission? I'm afraid so, Scott. All right. When do we leave? Shortly. But you're only going halfway. I'm dropping you off at Clear Lake with Mr. Spencer. You know who the three pounders are. And where the pound and a half rubber boots are, too. Tell you what. If I catch my limit on the first day, will you come and get me? Nice try, Scott. No deals. Now get packed. Now it's time to turn the high beams off. And turn on the low beams. I'll get, get us started here. Um, when Matt is telling Scott that uh, they're going to go halfway and he's going to drop him off or whatever, did you notice the scene right at the end where Matt starts like saying, "Get now gets packing and he starts clapping? He looks like a ret- retarded seal. <laughs> like... He starts clapping like a retard, like, let's go. And, and it, I was like, wow, you that was terribly animated. Um, so that was just a nitpick. Uh, my biggest thing so far, and it's going to be a theme throughout this episode, is can we just get a nanny or babysitter? I don't care. How about a butler? Somebody to watch Scott at Matt Tracker's house. Yeah. And so Scott's there. And you leave, you know, usually when adults leave their kids or they're going off to something, they have somebody watching them. Yeah. You know, we don't need to drop him off somewhere every time. We don't need to bring him with us every time. Matt, you're, you have to be rich as hell. You live in a fucking mansion that is connected to a headquarters of technological genius vehicles, and you have to have money. Yeah. Hire a freaking person to take care of your kid. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's starting to bug me. Yeah. There was it was another... already bugging me at this point. <laughs> there was another scene, and I'm going to get it wrong now. I don't remember if it was Slyrax or Cliff Dagger, um, who was uh, carrying the box, the black box or whatever you want to call it. Not black box, but the box that was helping to do the tremors and whatnot. Um, right. You know, they're trying to get it and whatever, and there's a, a point where he loses it and it's on the ground. And instead of just picking it up, he just runs to his vehicle and drives off. Yeah. Like, I think he had enough time to grab it. Yeah, he would have, but that would have... Especially since uh, it was important. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, that, that, that's just a dumb villain move right there, not to grab the shit you're supposed to be, you know, stealing or whatever. I don't know. So far, if there's one thing Venom is very bad about, it is holding on to things. Yes, exactly. Um, and then there was the bonehead move of the episode 
when Miles Mayhem shoots at Matt, even though Matt is right in front of the whole contraption that is that Venom has been using to do all their destruction. Yes. Matt just dives out of the way. And then Venom or Miles has basically blown up his own device. Yes. You idiot. But again, that's a, that's a classic 80s cliche. Right. No, I just needed to point it out as, as right. No, 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 yeah, yeah. I, I mean, but I mean, you know, you can look at anything in the 80s. I mean, even even nowadays, they still do that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I... Those are my lowest moments. But like I said, it wasn't like it wasn't like a bunch of bad stuff. Besides the bad animation on him clapping and kind of being annoyed that nobody's watching Scott, the rest of them are kind of just uh, moments that I understand why they were like that. Because the villains are supposed to be somewhat dumb. Yeah, I've been noticing more um, when I watch these. Uh, this episode, episode specifically. Uh, yes, I'm starting to talk like Daffy Duck. Oh, I thought you were going to go back to the the carrots. Yeah. And no, no, I'm not 20s. going back to the carrots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> have you noticed anything with T Bob's voice this episode? Did you notice the difference? I, I, it didn't strike me as anything alarming. Oh my god! It didn't. I, okay. I didn't even hardly pay attention to it. I don't think. Between now and the time we record the next episode, I want you to go back to episode one and then watch. Just no, you don't have to watch the whole thing. Watch episode <laughs> one. No, no, no. Seriously. No, no. I'm watch just up. laughing at, watch, at the thought watch. of any of us watching these episodes again. <laughs> <laughs> watch. No, no. I'm I'm dead serious because it did change. Watch it. Watch five minutes with T Bob in episode one, and watch five minutes with T Bob here. T Bob's fucking voice is still the same it, it's still not the same as in episodes one and two what the fuck and it, it just it i had to fast forward the scenes with t-bob because it nearly made my ears fucking bleed it's so horribly bad i don't think it's um, that horribly bad i think you're exaggerating a little bit but no but the voice kind of sewer will go back and investigate yes uh and and again another voice note here um even at one point uh miles Mam's voice is is off it's when he says uh this should slow him down. It, it it's not the it's not the same void. It, it it's not the friggin' same thing. I think what we probably have is it's the same people. They're just not as trained in the art of voice acting, and they're just not as good at being consistent as we're used to. That might have I can ex, I can make that excuse for Miles. I can't make that excuse for T Bob because it is two extremely different voices. At least to me, it is. I will investigate. Yes. Um. At the end, uh, there's no way in hell, in that tight of a cor- in that tight of, of of quarters underground, that Rhino could make that turn that it did. No way that a semi like that could make that kind of turn, especially in that small of a space. I also like the the um, what's Miles's helicopter plane called? Switchblade. Yeah, I also like the switchblade flying around down there. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way in hell that would happen either. They're like underground in tunnels and the helicopters and the semi-trucks are having no problem. Exactly. Uh, and my last note, my last low beam actually has to do with uh, the PSA for this episode. Um, how, and, th- and this is in all caps, so I have to kind of <laughs> yell it. How the fuck is a metallic robot hot? Fucking hell. Oh my god. A fucking metallic being robot should not be able to feel... Yeah, because that sun's just going to radiate off of that metal, man. Have you ever touched a car in the sun? That shit's yeah, hot. Yeah, but, 
the way that they're the way that they're trying to portray or show T Bob is they're trying to get him to be relatable and they're trying to get him to have human emotions. Robots are fucking machines. Hey, they this don't... is coming from a, a Transformers fan where all of them have thoughts and feelings and sentient beings and all this nonsense. There's a difference between being a sentient robotic being and being a sentient human being. Anyway, uh, that's it for my low beams on this one. Oh my. Vanessa and Rex have hooked up the black box. The entire town will soon be under my control. Now we'll cut off all communication lines to and from the city. Dagger, you take out the phone lines. I'll knock down the radio communications tower. So now let's shift our attention to the next episode we're talking about today, which is episode five, Video Venom. Uh, Video Killed the Radio Star? That's what I feel like it should be. Um, (laughs) So we've had Highway to Heaven and Video Killed the Radio Star. As far as the synopsis for plot, or plot synopsis, for episode five, um, Venom takes over a TV station. I, I assume it's some type of television station, radio station, whatever. It is. It is a TV station. Yes. Yeah. And and they use this little black box to put a frequency signal out there, which is hypnotizing people. Yes. Um. Then we see the one of the TV station guys who doesn't get hypnotized apparently, uh, runs away and he's like running for his life and then he runs into the middle of the road and is found by somebody actually he's just to not really to correct you but he's found by gloria right found by gloria who who then obviously takes we have another situation where somebody is being taken to matt's house hey hey at least he didn't just show up there and at least it was a mask agent that was yes exactly um (laughs) and then we we're Shown Matt's house, which we kind of get a side sh- shot here of Scott and T-Bob out in the, the lawn uh, golfing, and uh, Scott breaks the window. And then we have Matt, uh, who is kind of figuring out what's going on. He checks some stuff out, and he's trying to warn the city that you know Venom's in their area, etc., but he can't because the communication lines are down. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he must assemble the team because the police can't help because he can't contact them. Uh, the mask assembly was a little faster in this episode. Yes, it was. Um, so the team assembles, goes out there, and then we get a flash to Venom, who is hijacking a train, and then they're also booby-trapping a bridge, so if Mask comes across it, they can blow them to smithereens. And then we get our episodic Mask and Venom showdown. Mm-hmm. Uh Venom leaves. The, it's just two of them at this point. It's uh, Vanessa and uh, Cliff, I think. Yeah. Cliff Dagger and Vanessa. They're trying to hold them off and kind of kill time and, and keep Mask at bay for a while, but eventually they give up and they leave. And then Mask begins searching for the train and they can't figure out where it is and what's happened, etc. Eventually, though, they catch up to where Venom is. They take out the black box that is creating the hypnotic waves, so to speak. And then they try to stop the ultimate thing that's been the goal for Venom the entire time, which is this massive laser, which apparently he is going to use to shoot the oil supply. Now I need to explain something to the listeners, for those of you who have not seen this episode. We finally, out of all these episodes, so you know, the previous four episodes, we finally get a friggin' location as to where Venom actually is. They're in a small town in Texas. Yes. 
part of the plot is they want to destroy the oil right for the oil companies to then pay them ransom for destroying their product <laughs> it's a weird <laughs> weird situation here um but obviously mass saves the day yeah we have the same assembly as we had last time. We have the four Venom agents. We have the eight mask agents. Nothing has changed as far as that goes. No. Nope. I did notice in the um, mask assembly that when the computer picks out the team, unless I have just not caught it, this is the first time I noticed that after the computer got done saying all the members, mm-hmm. Matt says, personnel approved, assemble mobile armored strike command. That is the first time he says normal armored strike command. Has he approved the personnel every time? I it's the first time I've heard him say that. Right, yeah. So he asked the computer to assemble the team, then he approves it, and then he actually does the first time we've seen the the masks set out, you know, mobile armored strike command, and it caught me immediately. Yep. Um, So I thought that was kind of different and kind of cool, as as well as being a faster sequence this time when the team is assembled and then the masks come down and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on the plot for Video Venom? Oh boy. It replace um now Cliff Dagger is nowhere near uh well, the person I'm going to equate him with is nowhere near as bad as he is as far as intelligent wise but replace cliff dagger with starscream replace miles man with megatron this is a transformers plot all over again it 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 just is um because i remember in g1 that megatron did at least one time a hypnotizing to allow humans to be um right was right. it uh well, uh, Doctor Archiville, the the ultimate Doom three parter. That's exactly what it was. Doctor Archiville created hypno chips versus going to a TV station and broadcasting something, but they had all these these slit. I mean, the the plot is essentially interchangeable with a Transformers episode. Right. Um, it's better than at least episode two and episode three. Um, I wouldn't say it's. I still think so far out of the ones we've talked about today, obviously we're only two episodes into the three episodes today, but the the, uh, the uh, Highway to Terror one was, was better as far as the plot goes than this, because uh, this just... Was there, a point, was there a point where Vanessa starts driving Miles? Yes. Yes, she does get into Switchblade. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but we... So that's a couple episodes in a row where we see uh, random people driving other people's vehicles. Yep. So it's not exclusive. Nope. <laughs> I thought it was interesting when she got in there. I was like, whoa. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I mean, this plot... I, I really have to save my thoughts on the plot for a little bit later. Okay. <laughs> Is this what they mean by getting teed off? Touch the grass. Alrighty, it's time for the high beams of video venom. Um, I think I'm gonna take this one. Good. Uh, <laughs> T. Bob's voice is finally back to normal. <laughs> you are the T. Bob expert, apparently. 
it's it's the non-ear bleeding version of his voice this time. Um, there was only one um, uh, team notification scene that was worth mentioning. Uh, it's where um, oh I forget who it is. It's not is it no it's not Hondo. It's it's one of the other guys. Uh, he just threw the stamps at the guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> At the gas station, I, th- I think it was Dusty or it was yeah yeah it was it was it, it was, it was, it was Dusty or no, Buddy. It was Brad Brad or Buddy I think because Dusty is the pizza guy. Yeah. Um, the anti gravity cannon. I thought that was really friggin' cool. When it's not used on its own vehicle, but I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but no, using it against other things, I think that's that's really really cool. Uh Homer Simpson drool. Mm, Vanessa. <laughs> She's hot. Yes, she is. Very. Uh, okay, this chase scene with the Switchblade and the Thunderhawk was awesome. Yet at the same time, how are the Thunderhawk's doors or the Switchblade's wings still intact? Those trees look like they were awfully close. Yeah, I don't know how they were getting between those trees. Yeah, I know. I mean, like... So I, that's excellent piloting. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I can see the Switchblade doing it because it's a really sleek, thin plane, but the Thunderhawk, they're fucking car doors. They're not actual wings. They're car doors that act like wings. Um, <laughs> and this is uh, what kind of what we mentioned uh, earlier. I guess it's share and share alike when it comes to the Mask uh, team and, and their vehicles. It also goes for Venom as well. And my side note at the bottom of that is, mmm, Gloria. <laughs> that's all i got and i'm gonna be the second time we're gonna tie in a psa to our regular discussion here because <laughs> i searched i i watched the episode i rewatched parts of the episode and i was searching for a highlight searching <laughs> for something good i could say and, and the best thing i came up with is this is the most ever in in possibly any 80s show that i have seen the PSA directly connected and tied into a scene from the actual episode. Mm. So in the episode early on, Scott and T-Bob are out golfing and Scott hits the ball and breaks a window and, and Matt picks up the ball and is like, Oh kids. And, uh, and you know, the window remains broken. And then at the end, the PSA, they are putting, fixing the window. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought it was clever that it was actually connected. It wasn't just a random scene. It was something directly connected to something that happened in the episode. Yeah. And I don't ever remember seeing that in any show in the 80s. I mean, I'm sure it happened, but I don't remember it. Yeah. And so I thought that was cool. That is the only good thing I can say about this episode. Oh, no. The fuel tank is leaking. Dagger, I'm landing in town for repairs. I'm leaving the rest to you. Wait, I'm leaving too. All right, Mike, turn on your low beams. Oh, boy. I don't have many, because I know just... I can just tell the tone of your voice that you have a lot of stuff to say about... I find myself feeling like Debbie Downer here. (laughs) Okay. Um, Mine are just, like, one-point bullet notes. Um, Mind control episode, really... Typical 80s villain move. Uh, laser cannon caper. Ugh. Rhino using anti-grav on itself should not have fucking worked. The only way that I, the only way that I would have believed that scene is if they said they were uh, retro rockets. 
or you know something that could have been reversed versus anti-grav on itself that made no sense to me the laser cannon apparently is in fucking invincible are you kidding me seriously nothing will work on this laser cannon none of the mask weapons from the vehicles worked on this laser cannon except for the one that turns it into sunlight <laughs> <laughs> Let's put everything with sunshine. <laughs> Sunny day. Sorry. That's oh a... my. <laughs> okay, my final note has to do with the with the PSA for this one. <laughs> Toes have circuits now. Really? Seriously? Are you fucking kidding me? First of all, how the fuck is putting T Bob's foot under a ladder making <laughs> the ladder level? Wouldn't you have just moved the fucking ladder, straightened out the fucking rug? And it would have been very violent. violent. See, the the VSA is like a two-sided sword or whatever for me here because on one hand, it's directly connected to a scene in the episode, and I love that. (laughs) But on the other hand, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard talked about in a PSA. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Trying to make sure your ladder is level before you climb up it. And then they use T-Bob's foot. That's, yeah. Okay, I will... uh, Go I'm, gonna ahead. Try, I'm gonna try to go in from least bad to Worst. most unforgivable. Yeah. Yes. Um, the first one, which, okay, I can kind of give it a little bit. Rhino uses its anti-grav or whatever beams to transport the vehicles across the chasm. Then, after it's done that, and it's just Rhino by itself. They just jump the chasm? Did God, you... I, I don't... I, 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 I'm speechless because I don't know. Um... He, he used the beams and he transported the other cars there and then it's like, oh, it's our turn. We can't use the beams on ourselves. So they just backed up a little, I think, and, and d- jumped the chasm. It, well, what they did was, like I mentioned earlier... They used, instead of using the anti-grav, like, instead of encapsulating themselves and them levitating over it, they used it like you would use retro rockets. Okay. Um, it just think of... Weird. I wanted Rhino to have to be left behind in that. <laughs> okay. Think of... Oh, God, what is it? Um, just gave it a boost. Right. Um, have you ever seen any episodes of Knight Rider? Yes. Think of... I forget which episode it is off the top of my head, even though I'm a Knight Rider guru. Um, but there are times where Kit will use his turbo boost function in reverse. Yeah. So it's kind of like reverse turbo boost. Yeah. Um, this is That's why I said I, I can forgive this one the most. <laughs> this one's not that big a deal. But I just at first I'm like, no, the truck should have had to stay. There's no way yeah. the truck gets over the castle. Um, all right. Second, they, the, hip, the zombies, the hypnotic people... He uh, he, Miles directs them to attack the the mask vehicles, which results in the people just surrounding the vehicles and doing nothing. Like there's just dozens and dozens of people. Like he's like attack the vehicles and they just walk up to the vehicles and stand there. <laughs> They're not even hitting it with their hands. They're not yeah. throwing rocks at it. They're not hitting it. They're not doing anything. Right. Well, the thing here is, and and th- th- this is really not me trying to explain it away, but. Again, it's 
if you look at it in putting the humans in the way as as a you know human shield to you know pardon the pun uh mask can't attack venom without hitting the humans i just wanted them to at least hit the cars <laughs> like punch them like hit them with your fists um Kick the fender <laughs> and i can somewhat forgive that all right the two biggest things that i didn't like as far as venom goes is uh vanessa is dealing with matt in their little yep chase and she's trying to hold him off as long as she can, and then her fuel tank gets uh, uh, damaged, a hole in it, whatever. She's leaking fuel. She has to basically leave. And she's like, Cliff, I think it was Cliff Dagger, um, you know, hold him off as long as you can. I gotta, I gotta go land. Yeah, it was. And one second later, he's like, what? I'm leaving too. And he just leaves. <laughs> like, how is that? Like, you're supposed to be holding mask off as long as possible. Like, she's like, it's up to you to do everything you can to stop them. And he's like, nope, <laughs> I am out of here. <laughs> that was like a what the fuck moment right there. Mm-hmm. I, I do not want him on my team. <laughs> and then I love it at the end there. They uh, Vanessa and, and Cliff finally catch up to Miles and Sly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we held them off as long as possible. We did everything we could. It, I, we would have been here sooner. I had to repair, you know, the hole in the gas tank or whatever. But we held them off, and we're here. Two seconds later, Mask arrives. I know. They literally were right behind them. <laughs> like, they did not hold them off, apparently, at all. Yeah, no, like, not at all. There should have been a little bit of time in between when she said that and when Mask showed up. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um but my biggest unforgivable thing about this episode, we have, we started the series with no plot in episode one. We've gradually been getting more and more plot. Now on this one, they went completely stark raving mad overboard and threw 18 plots into this episode. Yeah. Like you have them getting the black box and hypnotizing the people. You have them, hijacking a train. Um, so so at first you think they're just going to hypnotize the people and they're going to use that in some way. But then it's like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're hypnotizing the people and we're hijacking a train. And then it's like, well, we're not just hijacking a train. We're hijacking a train because there's a laser in it. Well, the reason why they had to hypnotize the people is because so they would have the people build the laser. Right, but I'm just saying it like, kept yeah. building. Like It was like, we have the people, then we're going to get the train, but it's not the train, it's the laser inside the train. And then it's not the laser that we're going to use to like do something crazy. We're going to point the laser at the oil and we're going to demand money from the oil people. But then that doesn't work because the laser – like, so then he's going to try to shoot the oil. It was like the plot was like being written as the episode was happening. Yes. It was like the plot was not decided before this episode. No. And as stuff happened, it was like, oh, that didn't work. We have to rewrite this part and go here with it and then go there with it. And it was like, <laughs> I, it was my an overkill for me. There was too many plots in this episode. Yeah, there was. It was taking too many directions. Mask was after, like, Mask had, like, 18 objectives in this episode. <laughs> and yeah. they did most of them. But there was too much stuff for mass. I mean, or not mass venom. There's too many objectives. Like they gotta, they gotta hypnotize the people. They gotta get the train. They got to booby trap the bridge. Then they gotta hold off mass for a while. Then they gotta get the laser ready and get the money from the oil people. But then that doesn't work. So then they have to have the people attack mask. Then they have to point the laser at the oil. Like it's too much for me. 
<laughs> Maybe I'm alone. Maybe a lot of people are like, "Ooh, that was a well, com- you know, that was a complex plot." For no, that was not a complex plot at all. That was a very convoluted plot. It was just too much. Too way, way too much going on. Um, you know, I did think though that I something I didn't say before though. This episode again really didn't involve Scott and T Bob. No, it didn't. But we'll make up for that. I'm just saying it was another one where they were left at home and they didn't do anything to Yeah. That'll be remedied soon. So yeah, that's the worst of the worst for this episode. Ludwig von Ryan. Who's that? A billionaire who made his money dishonestly. Sounds like good company for Venom. What do you think the Golden Boy's doing with Venom? Von Ryan's an old man. He's got more money than he could ever spend. What's the one thing money can't buy? A longer life? Right. Doesn't the legend say these creatures live hundreds of years? And if a human was injected with dinosauroid antibodies, he might live a few hundred extra years. The poor little boy creature. Let's go. All right, the final episode that we will be talking about today is episode six, Dinosaur Boy. Ugh. And let's get right into the plot of episode six, Dinosaur Boy. We start off in the jungle. Um, why we're in the jungle, I wasn't sure at first, but we're in the jungle and there's some natives that are guiding Venom through the jungle. Nice natives that they are. But then they get to the point where they have reached the sacred grounds. And the guides are like, that's as far as we go. Venom's like, no, we're going to keep going. And the guides run off. Then Venom basically finds and reveals the lizards, the dinosaurs. And there's like, ooh, those are some big dinosaurs. Let's steal the baby. So they steal the baby. Now, cycle to Alex Sector, who is randomly taking pictures in the same jungle. And he runs into the natives, and he calls Matt and says, We got a problem. Venom stealing dinosaur babies. Uh, So Matt's like, well, well, duh, we better assemble the team. So Matt's team is assembled, and Scott and T-Bob are invited to go into the jungle with Mask on the mission. Worst fucking plot ever. Not ever. At least, at, at least to this point. Okay. Lizard God, because the natives considered a god. Lizard <laughs> Daddy God or Mama God or both gods are, are on a rampage. Yes. They, they're without their baby. They're going a little crazy. They're, you well, know. I don't... No, the mother wasn't there, I don't think. I think it was just the dad. He's created some havoc. dad, yeah. And, and Mask is trying to, once they get on scene, they're trying to track it down and whatever. Flip over to Venom who is going to trade with this mad scientist guy. I forget what they called him. He had a name. They named him, but I don't remember what his name is. Generic and then, 80s mad scientist dude. Yeah, and they're trading like these, uh, these antibodies um, from the dinosaur, which is supposed to basically um, help create longevity and longer life, yep. etc. Um, so there's a trade going on there, money and antibodies and the dinosaur babies involved, etc. Uh, Scott and T-Bob, meanwhile, who were at like some type of like cabin or whatever, decide to leave and try to track down the baby because Scott feels some type of connection because he's a boy and the dinosaur is a boy. 
and he Ugh. thinks he's going to be able to communicate with him. Um, it is stop. at this point, it was at this point, though, about two-thirds to three-quarters into the episode that the plot was finally revealed as to what Venom was doing as far as right. the mad scientists and stuff. It was forever before we could figure out why Venom was in the jungle and why they took the baby. Um, it took forever for us to figure that out. It's to get the dino DNA because apparently the right. antibodies in the dino I'm DNA. Saying we didn't know that until like half, like the episode's almost right. over. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Um, then there's, uh, you know, the mask and Venom showdown, like there is in every episode. And mm-hmm. in the process, you know, the, the scientist crazy scientist guy drops the container of antibodies as he's being, being lifted away in the helicopter or whatever. <laughs> Scott and T-Bob then free the dinosaur baby. Dinosaur daddy comes to kill Scott, but the dinosaur baby says, don't kill Scott and T-Bob. They help me. And everybody lives happily ever after. Um, as far as the agents go, we still have our four regular Venom agents. And mask-wise, we have gone down. We had eight the last two episodes. This time, we only have five. We got Matt, Alex Sector, Bruce Sato, Gloria, and Dusty. Mm. So we're a five-on-four team this time. Yes. So it's a little more even. Um, thoughts on the plot, sir? I give the plot a zero. A big fucking zero. It had it. This episode had no emotion towards it until the very end, where you see the dinosaur family reunite. Um, it had, you know, Scott thinking he has a connection to a freaking dinosaur. Technically, dinosaurs, even in the eighties, dinosaurs should not have existed. Um, These were never discovered. Um, yeah, it's I'll basically just... like like we've been saying. We were we started at zero plot, and we were going up and up and up and up, and then it got to episode five, and it went like so freaking crazy that it was like the climax. Yeah, and now we're starting from scratch again. Yeah, it, it, essentially yes. So, yeah, that was an like... interesting way to get dinosaurs into a kids show because kids like dinosaurs. What are these lizard gods supposed to be? Tall tales and legends, I always thought. Whatever they are, the kidnapping is threatening war between the tribes. They're blaming each other for the theft? Right-o. They think it's some sort of power play. All right, let's turn on the high beams while we can for Dinosaur Boy. (laughs) I still love the assembling of the team, even though the montage is getting to the point where at times it... It's stock animation. I still love... Mainly why I love the... It was different. This episode and last episode were a little different, though. They sped it up a little bit. Right. And this one didn't have as many people. Right. I think the one reason why I love the the assembling of the team uh, is not... It's not because of the computer, you know, doing all that. It's not because of, you know, what that, what, what that part of, you know, you know, announcing who the team members are going to be. But, like, when they actually get there... And it's the music. It's the music that gets me every time on assembling the team. I wish to God somebody back in the 80s had the had the sense to find a way around all the sound effects and the voices to get that music out of this show. Because <laughs> I would love to be able to just listen to that music by itself. Yeah, music is one of the highlights of this entire series, that's for sure. Yes. Um, Matt gets trapped. And sent down the shaft. 
and then he gets lifted back up and sent back down and oh god it's it's uh what, what is it not 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 um uh tower not highway tower of terror from from disney parks it's like oh god i don't want to go on that amusement park ride that was funny it's like but that's it honestly for me is is just those two things for for high beams for this episode well i'm only driving with one headlight so uh (laughs) i the only thing i can say on this episode is it was almost like a spotlight episode for alex sector and he got um a lot more attention and a lot more dialogue and so i guess there was some character development for alex Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a little bit. That's all I got. Hi, Scott. Hi, T-Bob. So, your dad decided to take you on a mission. Well, not really, but he promised I could go and see a little of the jungle anyway. As little as possible, if you ask me. All right, time for the low beams. I really uh-huh. wish there wasn't as many. <laughs> I don't want I... to be a Debbie Downer, but... I have... Seven. Well, let me start then. Go ahead. First of all, where the hell are we? (laughs) (laughs) We we got our one episode where we found out we were in Texas. Mm -hmm. Now we're in South America or something. Yeah. And not only where the hell are we, but dinosaurs? (laughs) I know. What the fuck is going on? with this episode so far. And along the lines of dinosaurs or lizards or lizard gods or whatever you want to call them, this, folks, is an example of what animals sound like in cartoons that Frank Welker isn't involved with. Yes, exactly. The lizard growls and sound effects are awful. Yeah. Awful. Anybody that wants to see, I mean, you you almost have to watch part of this episode to see how bad the growls and the yelps and the everything, Mm. like absolutely terrible sound effects. Um, Before you continue, I just have to question something here. When the two guides at the beginning are like, oh, it's the gods, man, it's the gods, oh my god, we're going, you know, we can't go any further, this is sacred ground. And then when they run into Alex and they said, gods with, with powers, I thought that they were, when they said, because one of my notes is killer gods, ugh. <laughs> I thought they were referring to the Venom members, not the dinosaur. Well, they were talking about the gods and then they were talking about the, the men from space with the powers also. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I could deal without the evolution nonsense that they put in there. Yeah. And the the fact that these apparently are the ancestors of Stegosauruses, um, that was just stupid. Uh, first, Miles drops the damn book out the truck window a couple episodes ago. Now this guy <laughs> drops the antibodies from the helicopter. Can you guys freaking keep a hold of anything? And then the other box that Cliff Dagger or whatever dropped two episodes ago. These guys cannot hold on anything. They need those sticky gloves. <laughs> Yes. Come on, Venom. You're disappointing me. <laughs> and um, going back to the theme here, get your kid a nanny. Oh, God. There's an, there's one with a really annoying voice that doesn't work right now because nobody will hire her. Um, you can get her. 
Get anybody. Get a butler. Get a doorman. Get a nephew. Get a kid down the street to watch your fucking kid. You do not take your kid to the Amazon when venom and lizard gods are causing havoc. Yeah. Oh, you're going to get to go along with this mission. Well, kind of. What the fuck are you taking them for? Can no one take care of these kids? Does Matt Tracker have no friends? Well, he does, but they're all on the mission with him. (laughs) Does he have no family? Apparently not. No, there's no mom. But there's got to be a grandma. Somebody. (laughs) Somebody take care of this damn kid. (laughs) He does not belong here. And and you know what I've noticed? And I'm not trying to take away from your your low beams here. One thing I've noticed is Scott Tracker is a young, non-New York version of Wheeler. You look at Scott Tracker, you look at, at, at his front profile, like head to torso. Mm-hmm. His shirt, I swear to God, looks like something from Captain fucking Planet. And I don't dislike Scott and T-Bob like, I, like you do. I don't hate them. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're fine as far as uh, characters that the, the kids can relate to and see themselves in. And I realize that they have to be part of the plots. But let's not do stuff that has the dad involved doing stuff that they would never do with a kid. Exactly. Like, I don't mind the kid somehow randomly finding themselves in a something happening. Like, let's say something's happening by Matt's house or in the same city, and they somehow are involved because they're there. But when you are specifically bringing your kid into harm's way, yeah, I draw I mean, the it's, line. It's, it's completely different if Scott and T-Bob sneak off and do the shit on their own and get involved on their own versus Matt essentially bringing them on the mission. I mean, it's obvious that we are in a different country now. This is oh, not God, I haven't even thought of that. This is not yeah. happening in the USA here, people. We were in Texas before. We are not in the USA anymore. So he took his kid out of the country to put him into harm's way. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah. Those are oh, my, my low beams. Okay. Okay. Um, dinosaur poaching. Really? <laughs> God, seriously? It's the, it's the rhino tusk that they were after. <laughs> the rhino horn. Oh God. Elephant tusk. And... Uh, I already, I already mentioned the killer gods thing. We already talked about that. Um, and we just got done talking about this, but I have in all caps. Why the fuck is Matt taking Scott with him? Ugh. Um, okay, I've no, I, I know I've been a broken record throughout the podcast so far. We've only had three episodes where we're reviewing the, the series episodes, but fuck T-Bob. He adds nothing but annoyance for me to this show. The thing um, the, 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 he did of... some, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head, but he did something in his, in one of his scenes that just made me write that note. Well, I, I think he was underutilized in these these three episodes that we've been talking about today. Mm-hmm. When he was used in episodes one through three, he was used and given, not hilarious, but given somewhat funny one-liners or things to say to add a little comedic relief. In these three episodes, he has not said a thing that has been funny. Yeah. Um, so then he becomes pointless. It, exactly. Because then, then he's like Scott's nanny, and I don't want another snarf. No, see, n- 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 see, that's probably where you and I differ in opinion. No, I, I mean like say, how Snarf was being a nanny to Lionel. That's how right, I'm right, exactly. But with how bad T Bob is, I would gladly deal with Snarf any day over T Bob. Um, 
now I wrote these notes in succession of what, like as as I was watching the episode. So mm-hmm. the fuck T Bob note must have happened before they snuck off because my next note is fucking kid and bot sneak off again. It was probably the first time when he was in the jungle outfit or whatever in the mask. That's and... that's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> um, at the end before the baby says no, no, I'm not right out there, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, the Dino Claw essentially comes down on Scott's head. That should have fucking jabbed a hole through the fucking kid's head. Honestly. He was just petting his head. Oh, God. It was alright. It was a love pet. Uh, and my final note, um, last episode, I I think it was last episode, unless it was the very first, unless it was was Deathstone, I forget what the PSAs are now, I don't, I haven't gone back and looked at the script. Uh, Crosswalk and Crossing the Street. Two very similar (laughs) messages. Um, because there was one PSA, again, I don't know if it was the last episode, or if it was in episode one, where... You know, Scott is like, you know, you should, you know, Scott and Matt are like, yeah, you should make sure you look both ways before you cross the street. And then the PSA in this is using a crosswalk. Yeah, it's a little redundant. Yeah, essentially it's the same thing. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're not supposed to really, unlike, say, a four-lane highway, you're not supposed to cross in the middle of it. Even if you are looking both ways, you're supposed to use the crosswalks at, at, at traffic lights. But Essentially, it's the same damn message within like four within like a four episode span. Um, yeah, so that's my that's those are my notes. Those are my low beams for this one. I think the only thing we can do right now is turn to Bruce Sato for his words of wisdom. Mask will be right back, and so will Venom. An illusion is little more than a theft from the eye. What in thunder is he talking about? He's saying, buddy. The hand is quicker than the eye. Okay. Hey, wait a minute! Don't evaporate me! Are you all right, Dusty? Well, sort of. We checked the tracks. There isn't a sign of the train anywhere. The next station said it never reached them. A hundred tons of railroad train can't just vanish. A magician makes the rabbit vanish. But only through the eyes. Exactly. The train is right here. We just can't see it. But maybe your mask can. When one lives in a new age, one must not forget the advantage of the old. Would you mind unscrambling those eggs for us? He's got a point, Dusty. The primitive instincts of the dinosauroid are probably far better than our modern technology. Now back to math. All right, now that Bruce has educated us, it's time to give our overall thoughts of the three episodes that we were talking about today, and obviously our mask ratings as well. Uh, As far as my overall thoughts go for these episodes, obviously Highway to Terror was the best one of the day. Yes. Um, We had a decent plot. We had um, the full members of the teams going down here. We had there was just a lot of good things about it. Um, a little more uh, talking as far as the characters go, so we got a little character development as well as a better plot. Mm-hmm. So I really kind of liked Highway to Terror. Yeah, Video Venom like had the potential, but they just couldn't decide what to do with that episode. It seemed like, and yeah. for me, it was too much plot, too many directions, and too complicated. It was it was like you know, okay, say 
say you make a five-year plan and that five-year plan has 10 steps within it you don't sit there and add you know each year as you accomplish like you know say you have 10 steps in a five-year plan the first two years or the first 2.5 years you get your first five steps done the next 2.5 years you get your final five steps done in the middle of it in like year 3.5 you don't add six more steps <laughs> video venom had so much going on with with venom no wonder they fucking failed yeah there's way too much trying to it's only 22 minutes guys <laughs> you have to actually develop a plot not just throw 18 plots at you and then exactly um but at the same time i did like the fact that that was a episode that kind of marked the a little bit of a transition into a faster mask assembly and mask power up uh, segment as well as Matt Trager saying personnel approved and assemble mobile armored strike command. That was kind of the cool part of that episode, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then we went to Dinosaur Boy, and for me, it first of all makes no sense to have a dinosaur involved. <laughs> um, it makes no sense to be in another country out, out of nowhere. And, and taking your kid to another country. And the kid being there, and everything was just, again, um, Tied up in nice little bows at the end, nice and easy, nice and clean. Um, it just didn't work for me. I don't know. What do you think about these three episodes? Highway to Terror is by far the best one. Uh, you know, as as I mentioned before, Video Venom, way too many steps, as, as you said. Uh, I do like the same things you do about that episode with the slightly faster uh, assembling of the team and Matt, and Matt saying that stuff. Um, at, at its core of this series so far, I wouldn't say Matt Tracker is a deadbeat dad, but he's a very flaky dad. You know, he'll, he'll try to get, you know, Scott to do the right thing in one point, And then the next point, he'll just completely flake and take his kid to another country. Okay. First of all, in, this is a few years after the show went off the air. Um, in 1992, my dad and I. Uh, went up to Canada. Well, as a 12-year-old, obviously, I didn't need a passport, but, you know, my dad needed all his pay, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, you need all that stuff. You can't just cross, you know, you know, state borders and, well, not state borders, but, you know, federal lines and, and whatever else just to just right. to go. I mean, even if you are a super secret military branch of whatever, not saying that mask is a military branch of the government, but you know what I mean? It's like, you still have to have a reason for, you know, I, 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 I don't know. Um, and Dinosaur Boy was just fucking dumb. You know, as you said, you know, episode one, they were, you know, building up, building up, episode two, building up. Episode three building up, four and five building up, and then immediately takes it back down to, hey, here's no development whatsoever in an episode. And a plot that makes no sense to the overall concept of Mask and Venom. No, not it's like at all. Mask and Venom thrown, in, thrown into Dinosaur World. No. I don't understand. We've essentially talked about the PSAs already. Mm -hmm. um, I will say that I do remember... And I always adhered to this because I used to love swimming as a kid. I do remember those PSAs of, you know, don't dive into shallow water and stuff like that. So uh, I like that know. he even mentioned it. He's like nine feet. It looks like that's good depth. Yeah, but how the fuck does he know it's nine feet? he's a genius. I, you know, uh, I, could, I, could, I could see if he had his mask on. Yeah, I could see that. Like Spectrum could, you know, analyze 
the depth, but he didn't have his mask on. Even though I liked it the best, the making sure your letters are level is the weirdest one of the day. <laughs> it's just dumb. And then, you know, cheating on the crosswalk because you already did that. Yeah, yeah. So our mask rating, zero to five masks, zero being the worst, five being the best. What do you give Highway to Terror? Four out of five. All right. Best I, score so far. I, I gave Highway to Terror a tie for my best score so far. I did give it a three. Uh, there was just a couple things I don't. A couple things wouldn't let me bump it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly the end where Mayhem shoots at Matt and blows the thing up. That bugged yeah. me. Is an easy way to end it. So I gave it a three. Um, what about Video Venom? Two out of five. There's, you know, as we said, there's too much going on with Venom's plot. Um, uh, yeah. And 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 for me, invincible laser except sunlight will be able to melt. Uh, that that was just dumb. So two out of five for that. I am going to agree with you and give that one a two. I think that's the first time we've agreed. Yes. Uh, um, I like I said, I had potential. It could have been a better episode. Mm-hmm. It just got thrown derailed too many times. Yes. Too many times. Um, and how about Dinosaur Boy? Hmm. <laughs> goose egg big fat fucking zero i will never ever watch this episode ever again uh it, it, it essentially took away plot from mask and venom there was no okay i know i know venom is out to make millions and they were going to sell the dino dna to this guy but it just Oh, God, this episode is just so fucking bad. And I echo that sentiment. Um, I'll give it a one. I'm not ready to give anything a zero quite yet, but uh, this is by far the worst episode we've seen so far. Um, So that was Highway to Terror, a three and a four. Video Venom, twos across the board. And Dinosaur Boy, a one and a zero. So it can only go up from here. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hope. All right. Thank you for being a part of Mass Mayhem today. If you'd like to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show, there are several ways to do so. Visit the website, www.geekcastradio.com, where you can comment on all our posts. There's also, like we said last episode, a button there where you can uh, leave a voicemail with just the use of a microphone on your own computer. You don't have to call anything. Um, you can also send email to feedback at geekcastradio.com. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes, although you cannot any longer be the first to do that because we have had our first iTunes review. Yes, we have. Three episodes in and we have our first review. I like it. Um, <laughs> the, the episode or the review title is Good Podcast. It is a five-star review by The Rook, left April 24th, and it is basically written like this. It says, enjoyed listening to the podcast more than I enjoyed rewatching these episodes. <laughs> this cartoon is a tough watch. The episodes do not age well. Mask, with the periods, M-A-S-K, requires beers, B-E-E-R-S, with the periods, while watching, but the podcast was good. May also check out some of your other podcasts. Keep up the good work, guys. Well, thank you for that review, The Rook. And hopefully more of you can leave us reviews, um, what you like, what you don't like that we're doing, or suggestions or any type of criticism. We will take it all in and make it better. Um, So do that. Follow us on Twitter, GeekCast Radio. Mine is Optimus Solo, and yours is... TFG and Mike. 
and become a fan of us on Facebook, GeekCast Radio Network. If you do want to call the voicemail line and actually do a physical call um, and tell us the show you're leaving the message for, which is Mass Mayhem, and give us something to call you and call the number 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Mass Mayhem, and don't forget to join us on our next crusade when we will be discussing episodes 7 and 8 and hoping it goes up from where we were at with episode 6. The episode titles are The Ultimate Weapon and The Rotex. For now, I'm Optimus Solo with... DFG1 Mike. Tune in next time when we take another look at what lies behind the masquerades. Illusion is the ultimate weapon. 